Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, another special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp 2023. It is July 29th. It is Saturday night. I am Dave Bryan from SteelersDepot.com, and I am, of course, joined once again, uh, fresh from a uh, uh, soggy uh, day out there at St. Vincent College in Latrobe, Alex Kazora. Alex, happy Saturday night. Happy Saturday, Dave. You always get one of those. Last year, it was the second day of camp it poured. Today, the third day of camp it poured. It was good for most of the practice. And then just about a 10-minute window of just a complete downpour, but got through it. So it, it, it's a true Pittsburgh experience. Super hot yesterday, ton of rain today. Who knows what tomorrow will bring? Probably snow. And so we'll see what Sunday has for us in Latrobe. And you didn't bring a towel. Uncle Dave always says, bring a <laughs> towel, you know, so. Lesson uh, learned. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, now that you're all or hopefully rung out there, uh, first a shout out to uh, Lynn Testa at Touring Plans, right, for sponsoring another special edition of this podcast. Absolutely. Always glad to have Touring Plans in our corner. Len always messages me. I know camp is near when Len Testa hits me up and says, uh, hey, do you want to uh, still do the sponsorship for Touring Plans and our Steelers Depot training camp coverage? But Touring Plans, if you're unfamiliar, they're a group that will help you plan and schedule your trip to Disney. I know it's such an important time. Usually it's kind of the one big vacation I'm sure some families take per year. You want to get it right. You want to contact Touring Plans. They'll help you with itinerary and just schedule and mapping the whole uh, stay out. So go to touringplans.com for more information. And we thank them and Len Testa for the support of our Steelers Depot training camp coverage. Absolutely. And if you're on Twitter, shout them out. You know, uh, let, let them know that you uh, appreciate him sponsoring uh, the terrible podcast at Touring Plans is the easiest way, I think, to do that. So, uh, all right, uh, Alex, I have a feeling you're going to get a little defensive during hey uh hey ho uh during this uh uh special edition of the episode but uh, we'll start we'll get a little offensive with each other here to start off with as we usually do on the offensive side of the football and we'll start off uh with the quarterback position so uh let it rip about Kenny Pickett and company today well, you want to do a quick roundup on the injury oh side yeah of I forgot to, uh, to the ha- yeah the housekeeping uh, mm-hmm. ha- have at it there yeah, nothing uh, too notable overall. Mika Fitzpatrick has not practiced, was not even on the field today. Mike Tomlin saying afterwards, excused for personal reasons. So I guess that's confirmation, no sort of injury, just something else going on. But he was not even, to my knowledge, on the field, the Chuck Noll Field uh, on Saturday. DeMarvin Leal, a bit of a weird situation there. Saw him walk down, went to individual, and then our Tim Rice caught Leal being carted off right around seven shots before I think he even got a rep. He went through individual work and the word from Tomlin that Leal had some difficulty breathing. Now he missed yesterday or the back half of yesterday with heat related issues. I don't know if that's related or not, but uh, hopefully Leal's okay. Tomlin did not seem too concerned about it. Demonte Casey with an ankle injury that had to have happened late, I think in seven on seven. And then Alfonso Graham, uh, unfortunate moment for him. Also, the the last trip of seven on seven just kind of fell on his own on kind of a slippery field after the rain came in. 
fell on that right arm shoulder and uh, had to walk back. And he's got a big rap on that thing. So um, hopefully he's okay, but that could be something to certainly monitor there. Deontay Johnson, Connor Hayward, who had some issues yesterday, practiced in full on Saturday. Yeah, Mike Tomlin said specifically, Casey had an ankle injury of some description. He's being evaluated as well, maybe a day or two there. So we'll have to watch that. Uh, uh, It would make sense a day or two. You know, if he misses tomorrow, then obviously you hope that he'd be back on, I guess, uh, Tuesday. Then Uh, Alfonso Graham appeared to have a shoulder injury, he said, when he fell and hit the ground being evaluated uh, uh, there. Alex, are we going to have our first uh, roster transaction? With, with Alf- Alfonso Graham? It seems possible. It's hard to tell what exactly it was, but Graham just seemed to be in a good deal of pain as he got up and got checked out. So unfortunate if that's the case, but I think that's a possibility right now. All right. And that would, uh, we've yet to have a, uh, heck, we haven't had a, uh, a transaction. The 90s been the 90. Mm-hmm. I think what the last transaction was Liao, right? Or, or, or no, actually they had the two signings after the mandatory uh, mini camp there. So those were the, uh, the two, uh, the two latest signings there, but obviously haven't had any any injuries or anything related uh, that that have caused a roster move. So we'll see what happens on Sunday there. All right, now let's get a offensive and let's see how offensive you can get with the quarterback position. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think some people are saying it was some sort of terrible day for the quarterbacks. I would just say overall, it was a pretty poor day for the offense. I think the defense clearly won. Uh, they won seven shots. They went up 3-0 early. And by my count, I had them winning 5-2 to two Overall, uh, Kenny Pickett, probably not as sharp today. I don't know if there was one rep that stuck out that was especially bad, just really difficulty for him and for the offense to complete passes and just kind of get the ball moving downfield or, you know, finish those those plays off in seven shots. So I don't know if I have one really key individual takeaway from any of the quarterbacks today, just kind of big picture speaking. I think the defense won this one comfortably. All right. How was uh, the mechanics and all of the snap and all like that? Was that uh with the wetness and all like that, does he seem pretty clean and all? It's been pretty good overall. And well, there's been a couple of low snaps. There was one today with Pickett that was maybe a bit low, but I think catchable and Pickett, you know, dropped it and had to pick it back up. That was before the rain in team um, after they only, I think had one team session after the real worst of the uh, worst of the worst of the rain came in. So um, nothing, you know, botched there, but yeah, some of the snaps have overall been low. I think probably more of a snapping issue than it has been a quarterback issue. Um, but there was one example of a, a miscue today. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the running back position. Yeah. Again, still not in pads. I mean, there's not a lot of new for me to note here other than to say McFarland continues to work in a lot of pony and get a lot of extra reps because of it. Clearly the third guy right now with the Graham injury. That's going to mean more chances for a guy like McFarland, more chances for a guy like Darius Hagens could potentially benefit from that. Um, again, until the pads come on, it's probably hard to talk too much about. Um, run game McFarland, to his credit, had a nice catch. I think it was on seven on seven, kind of a, a wheel route back shoulder throw that he adjusted to and made the catch against Toby and Dukeway. So McFarland, uh, he's done well the first three days in. Good. Pats come on, different story there. Obviously need to, to continue that. But uh, yeah, I've been encouraged by his play. 
every time you mention McFarlane and, and the wheel route, I always immediately go <laughs> oh, back to yeah. my Tate study. Too. I think it was against what Bowling Green. I I, I keep forgetting who that team uh, was against, and and uh, him him being able to run that for an explosive play. So uh, yeah, look, it, uh, it does sound like it's been positive uh, so far for for Anthony McFarlane. As we mentioned before, this thing got underway. Uh, it's this isn't new to him. You know, he's been through the mm-hmm. process, and also you would hope that he'd ha- he'd be able to stack some consistent days, and it sounds like he has. Right. Again, he is a veteran. He should be looking good early on in training camp. I mean, he should be getting those reps, those opportunities, but still good to check that box. I'm seeing the burst. I'm seeing the versatility from him, and those are all things that are certainly helping his you know, cause to make this roster not hurting it. All right, let's go to uh, the tight end position next. Connor, Connor Hayward back. Boy, I, I I saw one clip floating around. Uh, I guess kind of on a on 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 I don't know, like a cross or out towards the, uh, the far side of the field. There, uh, he he showed off those hands, and that that's not new. Yeah, was that uh, towards the right sideline? Do you know? I don't. I don't know which way the. I, yeah, I don't know which way the camera was positioned, but it was going away from okay. the camera to the to uh, to the far side. It looked to be on on the opposite hash hash of the field. Yeah, he had some good catches today. There was the one play in seven shots. It was a low throw, but kind of a really nice diving catch, going to the ground and securing and finishing. And then there was a on seven on seven. I think the one you're referring to a corner route deep downfield. It is seven on seven. Obviously, less bodies in the environment, but still a good track, a good catch, good play downfield. So yeah, Connor Hayward, the hands. I mean, he's got great hands. He adjusts well. He's just a football player and athlete. Just kind of the same things we talk about with him, but. Yeah, throw this ball near this guy. He comes down with it more often than not. Is it mostly alignment from an H-back kind of roll with him or, 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 or split out a little bit in the slot there? In other words, uh, not much of him uh, at the snap coming out of like a true fullback position, right? Right. Not that I've really seen. It's been basically Y off, you know, some of the motion split flow type action, maybe a little bit of slot work as well. It's been a lot of empty in, in, in uh, the first couple of days of training camp. And some, I, I think what you're seeing just kind of big picture to bounce off of that is a lot of empty pre-snap and the running back comes in. So they're trying to get their man zone clue indicator from, you know, if you got a linebacker on the running back initially, good chance it's man. If it's a DB out there, good chance it's zone, not 100%, but just kind of some information. The back comes back in. They're no longer an empty uh, to try to protect that way. But um, yeah, to your point with Hayward, you know, he's been split out. He's been Y off. But until the run, until the run period really starts when the pads come on, you're not getting a ton of like I form and things like that because they're not really in that environment right now. So it's a little bit of the structure that's not really even giving the chance for a fullback to be out there. I think once Tuesday occurs, you get that, you know, a couple of run heavy sessions, you're probably going to see some fullback and we'll see who's back there. Not that I thought he was immature at all uh, during his rookie season, but uh, one thing I picked up, uh, you know, uh, he was on the uh, Steelers, you know, the post-practice Steelers live edition today. I mean, he, he's really matured. He, he looks a little bit older too, for whatever reason. I don't know. He, you know, kind of a less of that, that, that baby face and all like that. So, uh, and you know, you talk about second year guys and expected jumps and all like that. Looks like he's uh, definitely on course for that. So good for him. Uh, Darnell Washington. Yeah, been a been a pretty quiet, tough three days. Um, there was one through over the middle that Trey Norwood knocked away from him. It was a nice play by Norwood, but with Washington size and frame, should be able to box and box out and kind of win some of those those matchups. Had a false start in seven shots that got him out of the drill. You false start, you're going to go back to the sidelines and remember that kind of pain moment and lose out on that rep. So, I mean, he's had a couple of catches and I've not gotten a feel for his run blocking. And obviously, you know, what he can do as a run blocker can hopefully be among the most impactful things he can do 
his rookie season, but I would say it's been a pretty quiet and underwhelming first three days for Darnell Washington. All right. Uh, we'll move on to the wide receiver uh, position. Yeah, Hakeem Butler talked about him on day one, struggling. Day three, different story. A couple of big plays downfield, kind of looking like his, his self and, and why the team brought him in. It was seven on seven, but it was a great grab. I think there's, you know, people are filming practice. We're not allowed to do that just for the record, if, any, if anyone's wondering, but uh, ripping the ball away from Luke Barku. It was a little, little inside, maybe slightly underthrown, and looked like Barku was going to have it, and Butler took it away. And then in the last team session, a big, I think, 27 yard catch downfield over. Marjorie Harper, a corner with some size. And so Butler's playing big, playing to his frame, things he didn't do on day one. You're seeing here on day number three. All right. Good for him because uh, it was a little bit, you know, I don't want to say it was bad, you know, uh, bad but, uh, you know, obviously uh, if he was, you would think with the ebbs and flows of camp that you're going to see some of this uh, and, and on. It's good to see him. Boy, uh, I, you know, I did peak of a shot at one of those catches out there. Incredible uh, catch for him. And obviously kind of the knock on him, as we've mentioned several times, uh, has been the hands in the past. Uh, sometimes he's a guy that can make the make the hard catch look easy, but make the easy catch look hard, right? You know, mm-hmm. uh, uh, with him. So uh, good to hear Mike Tomlin was obviously asked about him uh, after practice because he he seemingly had a positive day and, you know, he went through the story of, you know, he's a guy that they had an eye on through the pre-draft process and all and kind of a raw guy and kind of more slanted to, to basketball and, 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 you know, just followed him throughout the process. And now he's obviously getting a chance with the Steelers. So uh, good for him. Uh, anything else uh, stick out uh, overall about the wide receiver position? No, I wouldn't say too much overall. Um, again, just to affirm that Jordan Bird, who was a running back more so than a wide receiver in college at San Diego State, has been a receiver in Pittsburgh pretty much pretty much exclusively, although you know he was a big return guy in college as well. That's going to be his path uh, to try to hang around uh, in the NFL with Pittsburgh. I'm trying to think anything else today. On a day where the offense really didn't do much, I don't really have a whole lot of notes here with the other guys. Again, Deontay practicing full. Uh, have not seen the pickings downfield, you know, mossing, but I'm sure that's coming. And again, he just looks more comfortable with the motions. He's in the slot more this year. And so, you know, he did he did the exciting last year. I want him to do the boring this year. And he's doing some of that boring. And I, I know the exciting is coming. So um, that's going to, you know, be able to round out his game, make him a well-rounded type of guy. All right. Anything new with the offensive line? Obviously not in pads yet. Yada, yada. I mean, it, you know, I, I can imagine there's it's, it's hard to discern anything uh, outside of, you know, maybe a guy getting beat around the edge or something like that. Right. Yeah. And, and that still probably happened a bit today with LaRaven Clark against Nick Herbig. I thought Dan Moore had a better day against Alex Highsmith. I saw him really seal Highsmith effectively upfield on one rep, although it is just one rep and one rep can, you know, color your day. A little bit. One uh, one curiosity in seven shots. Uh, Isaac say Malu is about the third rep and he came out and he was fine, unattended, went to the sideline and uh, took a knee. And Kevin Dotson came in for a first team rep or two. I'm not sure what that means, if anything, if that just kind of tried to give a nod to Dotson, a guy that's seemingly lost his spot or what. Um, I saw Broderick Jones, I think, had a little trouble with a Marcus Golden power rush. I saw him kind of get put on his heels a little bit. I didn't get a great picture of what'll happen on that play. I don't know if it was a, a stunt or a twist, but he was a little bit caught off guard. I'm not alarming anything, just noting some of the little things that I've been able to pick up on uh, today. But yeah, Dotson getting that uh, at least one first team rep. I don't know if that just 
a plan thing or something happened, but uh, I thought that was kind of curious. All right. So nothing new to report about center rotations or really any, any, any rotations at any other positions, right? Yeah, no rotation so far. Usually the first couple days before the first off day, they're going to keep guys static, just kind of lay the groundwork for the rest of the camp and preseason. And then guys will start moving around. And of course, when injuries occur, lines get a little bit shorter. You may see guys be able to have more chances to display their versatility. But yeah, I mean, the teams have been uh, the same as they've been throughout this process. All right. I bet you can't wait till the pads get on, can you? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's kind of really where it feels like football's back. It still has that OTA type of feel. And, and that's what we've talked so much about the receivers and the DBs and the skill guys, because when you're trying to evaluate O-line, D-line play, trench work, you know, in, in a padless situation, um, it's just really hard to do. So there isn't a lot of commentary. So that's why a lot of our conversations and, and kind of takeaways have been largely about skill guys. LaRaven Clark or Trent Scott? Oh, yeah, that's a... Uh, that's a heck of a choice right there. Um, I don't know. I mean, trying to make you go back in your memory bank there. Yeah, it's all it's all it's like when you go to the eye doctor and he says uh, one and two and they're both pretty blurry. You're like, dude, I don't know what answer I'm supposed to give here. That uh, doesn't get me the big glasses. So I got gotcha. Clark, Clark's at least probably a bit more versatile, I feel like. But, uh, you know, we'll see. It's been a, a tough start for him so far. All righty. Uh, did you notice any first team reps for Broderick or no? I try to take account. I didn't see any. I don't know if anyone reported anything. Um, I don't know if in that last team session, there might have been something. It feels like that last team session is when maybe there's a bit of that moving around. Did, did anyone report that today? I, I'm I, not aware. I, yeah, I didn't. I, I really wasn't. I, I, it didn't come. It didn't stick out okay. in, it, you know, in any tweets. I'm not saying that, that okay. it didn't happen, but yeah. I, I didn't notice it. I did not see it either. I'm, I'm not even sure what happened because, again, it was yesterday. Apparently, he had just gotten like one rep. I don't know what the holdover there was, but uh, we'll keep an eye on that going forward. All right. Uh, defensive line. Any any kind of updates there? Yeah, I mean, a couple of things, just small things. I'm just looking for traits right now. And some of these guys, I know some of these guys, I don't. I thought Montrevious Adams, the first step, the burst, he had some moments getting in the backfield and uh as a pass rusher against kevin dotson and crossing mason cole's face so i just seen some of that explosiveness that you know this kind of adam's calling card he's a pretty athletic guy for his frame and it was one play late uh the final uh team period uh tossed to the to the right i think jason huntley carried the football i just watched keanu benton kind of open it up and just get on the hoof and kind of saw some of that foot speed uh didn't necessarily make the stop but i like the effort that benton displayed and so um, I thought that was something worth noting, just kind of watching him really turn it up for, for a moment there. All right. Anything on a couple of the new guys like Fahoko or, uh, or, or, or Watts? No, not too much. Watts really playing and not playing nose tackle. Fahoko playing third string nose tackle had one, you know, call it a run stop today, but um, not too much otherwise. Cam Hayward had uh, two two swats today. So right. it was, uh, the, D, the D-line and, and edge guys have been just playing like Matumbo basketball, just rejections all over the board. Watt had what one yesterday. Herbig had one yesterday. Hayward had two today. Perales had one today. So they're really getting their hands up in these throwing lanes. A little bit different uh, uh, looking, you know, obviously not the turnover that the inside linebacker room had, but uh, <laughs> some different bodies out there this offseason in there. Quite a few of them in that room. At, at what position? D uh, line? I mean, just, yeah, D line in general. Yeah. Yeah. Because I mean, you had Watts Wormley last year. You had yeah. uh, uh, Tyson Alualu and. Yeah, it, it, there's certainly a, a lot of new faces out there, and we don't probably don't talk about that enough. I mean, right. Hayward and Ogunjobi are the same, but beyond that, it's a pretty brand new group of guys. Adams is also returning, but yeah, Pahoko and Watts and Benton, 
Um, it, it, I think it's Imwaya. I've done like an hour research trying to find the last name on uh, the rookie from from Merrimack. Right. I think it's James Imwaya. Um, close enough, I guess. But uh, he's only gotten a couple of uh, you know late reps and uh, rotational period there. But uh, I've seen him out there a little bit as well. Probably see him late in that first preseason game, ultra late. Uh, yeah, he's like a fourth quarter, late, late fourth quarter kind of guy. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, inside linebacker. Uh, I thought it was a, a good collective performance today. And again, it's still tough to evaluate, but I just thought some of the angles to the football look, look good from Roberts and Mark Robinson and Cole Holcomb and even Chappelle Russell. Russell plays with good effort and good finish. I can appreciate that. Cole Holcomb had a good breakup, good finish on a throw over the middle to Pat Frymuth today. So, um, you know, I don't want to say that any one guy was was a wow player, but I thought just collectively as the defense kind of won the day, that those guys were around the ball quite a bit. Uh, okay, Edge, uh, uh, Nick Herbig uh, before practice talked about how, you know, he's uh, working on that ghost move and learning that from uh, from from T.J. Watt. And uh, by the sounds of what you've been telling me and, and even you know reading things across the interwebs, it uh, sounds like he's off to a good start at camp uh, as an edge rusher. He is. But also beyond that, and, and A, I didn't even hear the comments about the ghost move. So that's good to hear. It's been hard for me to see that because he's the left outside linebacker and usually he's on kind of the far side to me. So you really can't see him execute the ghost, you know, fake the the stab, the long arm and then dip under. But it kind of makes sense because he's winning the edge so consistently, so routinely as a pass rusher. Um, but dropping into coverage yesterday, um, right? Example today, he was split out, displaced uh, against a bunch set. And so he was playing left outside linebacker, but he was, you know, five yards wide and that off ball kind of, kind of roll covering. And so you just get a feel for the athleticism, the comfort of him uh, playing out in space a little bit. I think he did some of that in college at Wisconsin. So um, just again, baseline traits with him, you know, quickness, explosiveness, athleticism, working in space, comfortable moving around. Um, he's not played inside linebacker, but he's kind of displaying some versatility that some of these edge guys still have to be able to do. And, and that's a that's a positive sign for him. Definitely going to be interesting once the pads go on and have to uh, have to defend some of these run blocks and all like that. Right. Yeah. Again, that's still the concern with him. Length, run defense, just a lack of size overall to hang on the edge. Again, good start. But pads come on. That's when the test really begins. Any of the other uh, younger edge rushers, anything to report there? Yeah, I think they've, Quincy you know, Roche, had, uh, uh, Perales. Roche's felt quieter. Uh, Perales had a, a bat down today and Duke Ways had a pressure or two. Um, again, once, once O-line, D-line and the edge guys get together, you kind of evaluate their skill sets a bit more in those 1v1 moments. Um, but yeah, I think the edge guys have, have had their moments. Uh, does Perales look a little thick? I mean, uh, how does he look? Does he look a little thicker than the rest of the guys or no? No, I don't. I often really examine that tomorrow. Um, I didn't get that sense. Again, I'm pretty poor with trying to determine some size things, uh, just uh, kind of bouncing off of that, but different position group. One guy who looks bigger than he's listed than I had in my head was Jason Huntley. I mean, he's a shorter guy, but he was at his pro day listed at 190. He looks a lot bigger and thicker in the middle than that, maybe a little skinnier lower half, but like he's got a little bit of size in the midsection. So um, that's kind of a bit more towards what Pittsburgh likes. So just to kind of bounce off of that, now that you said something, um, Huntley's the guy that I think looks a little bit, a little bit bigger than, than I uh, anticipated. Okay. Uh, where are we? Corner. Uh, right? Corner. Yeah. Corner. Um, spin, the, spin the wheel at slot today. Yeah. Win a prize, Dave. Uh, it was, yeah. It was Elijah Riley first team today. So that really goes back to, you know, day one of camp Duke Dawson, first team slot corner. What does, what does it mean? 
not much because day two was Chandon Sullivan. Day three was Elijah Riley. It might be Trey Norwood tomorrow. It might be Patrick Peterson. Who knows? And so they're really utilizing all those guys right now. Uh, Corey Trice, that nice day overall, had a good contest on a on a, a, a fade route and seven shots against Cody White, a big receiver. Um, that one was played well, and uh, that was an incomplete pass there. Uh, like Boy, with the Riley. length, with the length that they have in some of those corner positions, you would hope that uh, that <laughs> would uh, help help on 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 some of those corner end zone fades, right? Yeah, and it did on that play for sure. I mean, Trice played it well, played it clean, contested. Cody White's not a small guy, and uh, he was pretty blanketed by Corey Trice. And then uh, in that final team session with I think Casey dinged up, you saw Patrick Peterson playing safety, and so that's probably a good opportunity for Peterson to get those kinds of reps. And Joey Porter Jr. was getting first team left corner reps with Peterson at safety opposite of uh, Levi Wallace at right cornerback. So uh, that's a domino effect at camp. One guy goes down, move other people around. It creates other opportunities elsewhere. And so Porter late getting first team reps. I'm going to have to interrupt you, Alex. We just wrapped up the uh, inside <laughs> uh, linebacker uh, uh, position group. Almost almost dead perfect timing there. But uh, Brooke Pryor from ESPN uh, is reporting that uh, the Steelers are going to sign uh, pending a physical free agent uh, inside linebacker Quan Alexander. Uh, he, they obviously had him in, reportedly had him in for a visit back there in May. Uh, There's a lot of speculation at that time. Would they sign him then? He uh, obviously left town. Uh, and, you know, for lack of a better word, I guess they waited him out. And, uh, you know, here we are uh, not even a week into, into camps around the uh, NFL, most camps around the NFL uh, being open. And he wanted to find a home. It'll be interesting to see the uh, specifics on the money on this. I can't imagine it'd be too terribly uh, expensive, but uh, uh, I, I think we, we've talked about this, this, this room, right? And how mm-hmm. it, it, it wouldn't hurt and wouldn't be surprising if they added to it uh, with a versatile type guy. And that's what they've done. And someone who can cover, and you kind of wonder who that who the top end coverage guys were. Now Cole Holcomb, I still would expect to be the three down linebacker, and assume most of those responsibilities. But Roberts really isn't that guy. Mark Robinson's still trying to grow and develop his game, but it's kind of a Vince Williams ceiling type of dude in coverage. And you know, I had mentioned, you know, I was kind of surprised to see guys like Kwiatkowski and Muse be be third stringers behind a guy like Chappelle Russell. And so, what does that do for the chances of Kwiatkowski, especially, and potentially even Tanner Muse? Um, we'll have to wait and see, but didn't see this one coming. Pittsburgh continues to overhaul that inside linebacker room completely changed from a year ago. And we'll see how Quan Alexander fits into that puzzle. Now he's uh, at his age. I wonder how much special team, uh, what I'm getting at is who does this impact the most? Probably one of Muse or Kwiatkowski, or does it impact Mark, a guy like Mark Robinson? He's 28. He's 28. So he's probably still Mm -hmm. got a little burn left on him. Alexander does as far as special teams. But I mean, obviously, he's played more larger roles on defense up until now. Sure. It's a fair question. I'm not really sure how this is going to go. Again, I think there was a a lack of maybe great confidence in Mark Robinson to be that top backup and for Robinson to be running above, uh, excuse me, Kwiatkowski. um, Maybe this team just didn't feel comfortable. So I would imagine that, you know, whenever Alexander gets in, he'll be second team probably taking Russell's spot uh, next to Robinson, and you kind of go from there. So if you're thinking about an inside linebacker room, a Holcomb, uh, Roberts, Robinson, Alexander, and then probably a fifth, or maybe a fifth, I should say, between Muse and Kwiatkowski. Muse probably a bit more likely uh, than Kwiatkowski right now. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a pretty surprising move. I'm not aware of any injury that might have impacted that. So 
We'll see what happens. Yeah, I just say it doesn't seem like he had a market there. And, you know, the the Steelers obviously had interest in him earlier in the offseason to bring him in. He probably was probably, you know, thinking that he might be able to hold, you know, wait it out and get a little bit better deal overall. So Mm -hmm. this this seems like a situation and it lets the Steelers get into camp and look at what they have and all like that kind of go from there. So uh, good on Omar. We we talk all the time after after mandatory minicamp uh, ends that uh, a lot of, you know, there's a long history of this team having a player or two or three on the 53 man roster that wasn't even with the team once mandatory mini camp broke. And it looks like there's a good shot at uh, at least one of these guys now. Yeah, it looks like it. So we'll, we'll get eyes on him tomorrow. I assume, I assume he'll be out there uh, practicing and we'll let you know what he's doing, how he looks. All right. Back to uh cornerback. Yeah, that's a hard turn to uh, to try oh. to come back to training camp stuff here. But uh, I think I was talking about Joey Porter Jr. Getting those first team reps is Patrick Peterson was playing safety. And so Peterson has played safety, he's played slot corner, he's played left cornerback. I mean, it may truly be you know trying him all over. And part of that is just to see how it looks and see how he responds and what he's comfortable with and what he's not and kind of go from there. So I don't want to say that this is exactly their uh, in-stone plan of how they're going to use and deploy Patrick Peterson. But um, I think they're going to explore as many options as possible this summer. All right. Uh, I think even Riley spoke, uh, maybe, maybe the a video. I, I know there's a couple of quotes floating around from a media session days and he wants to be that guy. That's hard to, you know, uh, that, that can kind of be, you know, you know, in all situations, especially sub package type situation, uh, there with him. And, uh, obviously he has been on the team for a little while now at this point dating, dating back to last year and all. So, uh, going to be interesting to, or will this team go out and add it, add it, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, pull, pull something that like they did with, uh, with Quan Alexander and get a more experienced slot guy. I can't rule it out, but I think, I think somebody's going to emerge from their internal options right now. There's a lot of versatility. There are a lot of guys who can wear different hats. I got to think that somebody plays up the Pittsburgh standard, but we'll go through the process and evaluate. All right, safety. Yeah, DeMonte Casey, a couple of plays today before getting dinged with that ankle injury. Um, had a good breakup as that gentry in seven on seven and uh, had a pick off a ricochet that was intended for Darnell Washington. I don't know who the DB or the defender was that helped break that up initially, but it was Casey that caught it on the ricochet. So it's kind of like last year. You know, last year Minka was on NFI to start and Casey got a bunch of reps and that helped him, especially whenever. Uh, you know, knowing he got, he would get hurt and kind of miss that time, kind of lean on those first team reps early in camp whenever he came back uh, after the bye week. So, um, yeah, Casey looked good. Trey Norwood, a couple of breakups, too, in, right. in team session, one on Darnell Washington, and then another almost picked off Kenny Pickett on kind of a bad throw that Norwood jumped in front of Pat Frymuth. Frymuth had to turn DB and break it up just to avoid the interception. So, um, you know, how does Norwood fit into all of that? Um, you know, he's not really going to be the rundown type of slot corner that Millette was. He's not a, a hitter, not a tackler, but could there still be a role for him somewhere uh, potentially? All right. Uh, you want to take us through seven shots real quick? Yeah, I can uh, pull that up right now. Again, defense dominating the day overall. I have them winning seven shots, five to two. The first one could have been an offensive score. George Pickens had kind of a double catch on a slant and uh, appeared to be ruled incomplete. Second one. Pickett pressured, flushed to the right, through kind of short, just kind of a prayer to Najee Harris, who was diving back for it, but could not make the catch. Third one was uh, the first of the Cam Hayward uh, swats. Uh, the fourth one, they, uh, Pittsburgh's offense finally scores. Zach Gentry, right side, number five, was to Connor Hayward. Nice kind of diving, falling catch. Uh, number six was the uh, good contest by Corey Trice Jr. on that uh, fade to Cody White. That one incomplete. 
And the seventh one may be a bit controversial in terms of what was he in or, or, or did he not score? I had Gunnar Olszewski about a half yard short of the goal line um, on, a, a, I think, a boot or a throw into the flat. It was caught, but I think he was just shy. So I put the defense winning this one five to two. All righty. Uh, any, any kind of 30,000, 40,000 you know, foot uh, takeaways from, from Saturday? Yeah, just defense winning the day overall. And, you know, some people say, oh, is that, is that Matt Canada's fault? Is this, uh, is this a big uh, concern to come? I wouldn't say that. There's going to be ebbs and flows. There'll probably be one day later in camp. We're talking about, man, Dave, the offense has crushed it today. They won seven shots, six to one. They won in two minutes. Uh, and the defense really struggled. And, and it just the ebb and flow of camp. You know, each side's going to have their days. Today, though, was, I think, pretty clearly the defensive uh, defense's day. All right. Uh, looking, you know, uh, obviously uh, not in pads on Sunday, but you'll be out there once again. Hopefully it'll be drier for you. And I'm sure you'll probably post something on the site, kind of maybe some things that you're looking for tomorrow. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, I probably will do that more for Tuesday morning when okay. the pads come on. Um, I have some article ideas, though, for tomorrow. So I'm trying to come up with some different you know, thoughts of the day. Um, but uh, I'd probably write something on Pony uh, coming up here just because I, I know it's become kind of the, the butt of the joke come training camp. But sure. I want to maybe flesh that out more because they're running a ton of it. And, and again, we've had this conversation in the past, but you're going to run it this much during camp. Why are you not going to use that in a game or even attempt to, to utilize it? So I want to just kind of think about that a little bit, a little bit more. All right. Sounds good. Uh, I'll certainly read it. I'm sure a lot of people listening will read it as well, too. Your training camp r- reports, are, I, I really enjoy them, especially late at night because I don't get to read read them thoroughly uh, before you jump on and do this uh, with me. But uh, appreciate all the hard work. And you and I will, uh, let's see, tomorrow's Friday, so we'll have a morning edition. And, oh, no, we won't. Tomorrow's Sunday. Uh, yeah, we'll have my, a, you and me both on the days. <laughs> we're, man. We're running, the run, it, felt, it felt like tomorrow's Friday for some mm-hmm. reason. I don't know. But uh, all right. No morning podcast on Sunday, but we'll be back Sunday night to wrap up what Alex uh, observed at St. Vincent College in Lay Trobe on another special edition edition of the Terrible Podcast. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Steers Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Cazorro. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. And until Sunday night, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast, another special edition of the Terrible Podcast, Pittsburgh Steelers Training Camp 2023 with Dave and Alex. Good night.